Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode 140 here of your new favorite WVU football podcast. We got the band back together. I'm Wesley Euler. Got the best teammates in the business. The signal caller, Jed Drenning, and the runaway beer truck, Owen Schmidt. And this edition of ITG, as always, brought to you in part by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. And gentlemen, we've got a jam-packed episode today. Trey Nyer, the director of recruiting for WVU football. If you've been rocking with us here for a little bit on ITG, you might remember Trey. He joined us last year. Well, he's going to do so again this year, break down this class um, for this this uh, part of the National Signing Day class. Um, that just transpired a couple weeks ago for the Mountaineers. We'll get into all of the newest Mountaineers with our buddy Trey here in just a few minutes. But as we always do, fellas, a couple headlines to get us started. And uh, NCAA Football Fan Nation doing a preseason top 25 poll. And the Mountaineers, for, for the upcoming season, I should say, right? Preseason top 25 for this upcoming 2024 college football season. And the Mountaineers checking in at number 13, gentlemen. I We've seen some of these way too early polls, right? I mean, every everybody and their mother does, does one of these way too early polls, and they'll probably do another one again in a couple months and then over the summer and all those different things. But we've seen WVU, you know, in the 19 to 25-ish range on, on a good majority of these, uh, but 13th. Jed, I think that's uh, I think that's as high as, as we've seen the uh, the flying dub V on one of these preseason polls so far. It is, and you get the sense that which one did this come from? It was uh, which two four seven? It was NCAA football, yeah, Nation, like NCAA football Nation, yeah, something like that. Uh, and, and you know, he he did a good job on Twitter. If you want to follow him, I'm looking at it now. It's at NCAF Nation two four seven. He did a good job of explaining his reasoning behind some of the teams that might have been a little out of place from what you expected. And he did seem to make some ambitious choices. I mean, at the top, pretty much what you'd expect. You got Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Texas with everything they have come back three, Oregon, Ole Miss. No real surprises there. But he has Michigan at number eight. And he talked about that because of the uncertainty of Harbaugh. Uh, you're losing your quarterback. You're losing some key pieces to that championship team. So West Virginia parked at number 13. It is. It's it's the highest we've seen, but coming from a much more ambitious or aggressive poll, uh, it's also a poll that has Virginia Tech ranked at 23. I mean, there's yeah. – don't look now a little bit of buzz in Blacksburg with the way they finished as well as they did. So there's – the interest is in the extremes. Like, he has Arizona – at number 25 now a lot of us have talked about this when the coaching change took place that sent Kalen DeBoer from Washington to Alabama that started the shuffle the next thing you know Jed Fish leaves Arizona and he's off to take the Washington job makes sense he's a West Coast guy he's had success on the West Coast recruiting that corridor but Arizona all things being equal was kind of poised to become a preseason darling. I, I think they were going to land in a lot of preseason top tens with what they anticipated to have back and Jed Fish. But in the modern game, you lose your coach. Next thing you know, here comes all this disruption. I saw last night as many as nine Arizona players hit the portal in a span of 30 minutes. Same type of thing is happening at Alabama with the retirement of Nick. So, yeah, it's interesting. But if anything, it's an indicator that this isn't Sports Illustrated. This isn't ESPN. But it's somebody with a pretty big and significant national following putting a poll together that provides some indication that, look, some people are going to be taking a long, hard look at West Virginia because of what we do expect to have back. And we've talked about it many times. We have a playmaker at quarterback who finished strong. And in these types of conversations, that sometimes tends to carry the day. Uh, in this case, it apparently carried the day all the way up to 13. So even when you compare it to where the other big 12 schools, guys, that that's what surprised me the most. I mean, I'm looking at somewhere, uh, for instance, Oklahoma State, Kansas State is at 18. Oklahoma State is at 22. What do they return, like 20 starters? So he's giving us more love than some of these other programs that return all this talent. So quite a narrative there, but something tells me this won't be the only type of thing we discuss this offseason. I do project, and we've said it on this show before, guys, I think we're going to end up landing 
in most preseason top 20s or pushing the top 20. That's what I think. But also Penn State, by the way, number 10. So that's a pretty attractive opening matchup here. Just imagine if it was 10 versus 13. But what do you guys think? We have a chance, baby. <laughs> we have a chance. Now with the 12-man playoff, I mean, uh, that's an intriguing. <laughs> we're right there. Uh, <laughs> huh? 12, 12 team playoff. We're right there. We're knocking on the we're door. Right, right there, dog. We're right there. I love it. I love. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, even- listen. There's. I mean, you look. You look at it, Jed. You mentioned it. There's. There's a handful of teams on this uh, list that are on WVU schedule. Uh, a couple others that are in the big, not on the schedule this year, but in the Big Twelve, right? Um, yeah. So I mean. It's, I, I tell you what, I, I'm with you. I think we're going to come down in about the 18 to 23 range, right? When, when we get into the, the official polls, the ones that, you know, the Associated Press and the coach, coaches poll and, and those things. Um, but it just, man, it just feels good to, uh, to, to, to see the flying WV and, you know, in these type of conversations again. And I think these things are important too. Like, don't kid yourself. Yeah. This like on paper, on Twitter or X or social media, this means nothing, but it's still at the same time important because a lot of kids see this stuff. You know what I mean? Sure like you, do. you want your sure logo, you want your brand on these kinds of lists, even though football. in the long, even though in the long run, even though in the football field, it doesn't really mean anything. It's still visibility. It's still your logo, your brand yes. being around a lot of other top brands and being in these polls of, of, of expectations. Your point, and that is, that's where you want to be. Buzz doesn't yeah. need to be formalized buzz Correct. because if it makes its way on social media, these things, irrespective of whether or not it's the worldwide leader or sports illustrated or Fox sports, they do tend to gain purchase and create a conversation. And the next thing you know, as you just talked about a lot of eyes of a lot of recruits land on this type of content. So it's meaningful in that sense. And we spent how many minutes a couple of weeks ago, Wes, complaining that, well, we didn't really expect to land in a final top 25. It would have been nice. We thought we kind of earned it, right? But at the same time, I went back and looked. Uh, like, if you look at this year's preseason top 25, how many teams were in this this year's preseason top 25 that didn't finish last year? We'll do a separate podcast episode on it, but I think it was like half a dozen. Yeah. So half yeah. a dozen teams weren't ranked but still ended up in the top 25. And there's a bit of a narrative or a story behind how each one did. But so, yeah, we, you don't have to finish in the top 25 to start in the top 25. That's what we're driving at. And I do think we will. But these types of things make for interesting conversations. And quite frankly, they, they fill off-season content for podcasts. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And like I said, kids see these things. Kids follow these accounts. So it's always important to have your logo, to have your brand, to have your name out there and and in uh in that stratosphere for sure there's uh there's no there's no uh there's no negative to that without a doubt another thank you to our friends at toothman ford for being a presenting sponsor of this here podcast in the gun big shout out to our guy jr we all know cars cost less in grafton they do a lot for us they do a lot for wvu student athletes and nil so make sure you're supporting uh those who support us and support our student athletes and toothman ford is certainly at the top of that list all right gentlemen before we take a break and get to our buddy trey nyer and talk about uh, this newest recruiting class for the Mountaineers. You two had yourself some fun on a little little thing called Go Fact Yourself. Okay, that's F-A-C-T at home, all right, in case anybody's uh, radio cut out there, all right? Go Fact Yourself with Philip Bowen. Now, to some of you, that name might sound familiar. Philip Bowen, wait a second, I feel like that. He's the West Virginia violin guy. Okay, so you see the TikToks, you see the videos. He's done performances at Mountaineer Field before at the tailgates. Um, He is the guy who plays the violin, who's always got a West Virginia thing hanging behind him or a WVU hat or something on. He was on America's Got Talent, I believe. He's got millions of followers on social media. So tell us a little bit about this. uh, This go fact yourself with with Philip Bowen, fellas. Oh, and somebody reached out to me. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the the first seed that was planted here was. If you do the research, you can follow them on Twitter. Again, I'm looking at that, at GoFactYourPod. And the producers of the show, they're they're based out of L.A. They reached out, and it's a pretty fun thing they do. What they do is they pit two celebrities against each other. And in this case, 
it was West Virginia's own Philip Bowen, as you talked about. You talk about a talented rascal. Now, if you have not heard Philip Bowen play the violin, it doesn't take more than a couple of seconds to really appreciate what he's got going on there. So I encourage you to look that up. Matter of fact, we're going to work toward, because we think Owen and I forged a bit of a relationship with him through this experience. We're going to try and have him on the podcast at some point this offseason. Great dude. But it was him pitted against an artist named Nafis M. White. I'm not sure you could find two cats much different than Nafis M. White and Philip Bowen, right? They really weren't. And and so what they did, they structured this in such a way, they let their celebrities pick their, their, their specialty topics that they know best. And Philip chose West Virginia sports, more specifically West Virginia football. So yes. then what they do, and this is kind of cool how they go about it, they reach out, and this is where it gets scary. They reach out to experts on that topic. So the next thing you know, they're bringing in me and the runaway beer truck as the West Virginia <laughs> football experts. Owen, let's hear your first thoughts here. No, it was cool. It was a uh, it was a neat little gig, and uh, Philip was awesome. He's such a tremendous talent. You guys got to check out his old canal sound uh, that just came out, um, and he. Uh, him and actually Charles Whistley Godwin get down on that uh, that tune that's fresh on iTunes. You guys can check all that out and stuff. But, dude, what a cool dude. Um, Mrs. White, what was her talent again? It was super well, she crazy. She did art with hair. And, and she had it hanging yeah, behind her. Yeah. It, it's, uh, we're going to have to put some of these oh, images yeah, up. Skylar, oh, we're going to have to put some graphics crazy. up for this episode. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. She's got a hell of a talent, too. Yeah, uh, talented lady. Completely different skills, uh, but really neat. And uh, it was cool. I mean, it was cool that uh, they, I don't know, randomly chose us. That was, we, you know, it was kind of neat. It was they they yeah, reached that's a, that's we a loose this in the middle. I mean, of the that's season. a loose that's a loose interpretation of the word expert. There, I tell you, you're what, not kidding. Fellas. You're not kidding. And and they they reached out to us. It was still during the season. I when when was it? Late in the season, football season. We taped this, so it wasn't like we weren't yeah. busy. Uh, but it sounded like a neat thing. Yeah. And of course, Philip Bowen's involved, West Virginia guy. You, yeah, absolutely. You want to be a part of it. And so we took part in it and they gave us the podcast, a lot of love. ITG got a lot of love on that thing. They promoted the daylights out of it. And this has oh, a they big did. That was really cool. I mean, they have a big social media presence. They have a big YouTube following. Go fact yourself does a great job. And we even had some commenters that, that listened to the podcast and couldn't believe their worlds collided because they nice. were fans of both go fact yourself and, and the gun. And they were shocked to hear me and Owen on there, but they were giving us love. Like we were even and the gun was even one of the trivia questions. They asked Philip. So it was really kind of neat the nice. way they did it, but uh, it, it was fun. And they asked the question. They even asked him what was his, you know, the vehicular nickname given to Owen Schmidt following his big run. Of the, it was neat how they did it. It was a, uh, it was a fun little experience, and uh, and so we where, got to be part of it. And, and where can it, we, it was, where can we find, where can we find it? Is it on YouTube? Is it where you get your podcast? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Where can people find it? And you know what? We we've also on our own account. Uh, matter of fact, let me go ahead and do that. I'll pin that tweet on our own account. So when people go to end the gun at Twitter uh our our own twitter pod or our own twitter handle at in the gun podcast we'll pin that tweet up top so you can see that episode of go fact yourself and uh and check out what they had going with philip bowen and me and, and owen and and uh nafi sim white and nafi sim white had a musical uh expert on her questioning and and uh so yeah we'll post it up there but but in the meantime uh we'll also have skylar throw a few pictures up for those watching on youtube that can that can kind of you know, enjoy what, what we were, what we were seeing, right, Owen? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good times. Yep. Appreciate well, it. That might not be the last you hear of uh, little tease here. All right. Little tease. That might not be the next couple weeks, coming months here on ITG as we plan out our off season content. Might not be the last you hear of Philip Bowen. Might not be the last you hear of Charles Wesley Godwin here on this podcast. All right. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. We will, uh, we will confirm when we have final details. <laughs> Another thank you to our friends at Fortis for presenting this episode of ITG for roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. You got to visit Fortis.us.com. I guarantee you we're going to have some good recruiting conversation on the other side. You want to hear about all the newest faces, the names, the young men who are becoming part of the Mountaineer football program? Well, who better than to go to than 
the source, the director of recruiting, Trey Nyer. He will join us on the other side when we return. You are in the gun. Nobody supports the Blue and Gold Mountaineers like Toothman Ford. With over 20 NIL deals and counting, Toothman Ford continues to rally behind our student-athletes. And it's time we rally and support the dealer that supports the Mountaineers. Not only does Toothman Ford offer the best prices in the state on pre-owned, their never-over MSRP campaign on new Fords guaranteed to save you thousands. Drive with pride all season long, knowing you're supporting the dealer that fuels our Mountaineers. Toothman Ford, where cars cost less. In Grafton and at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations, with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. If you work the land, you just got to be a jack-of-all-trades type. There's just too much to do. So if you got to be a welder or a farmer or a ditch digger, that's just who you are that day. Then tomorrow, you can be somebody else. Get your coyote at the new location of Johnston Equipment between Weston and Buckhannon. Back in the gun here and rapidly becoming one of our new favorite traditions on your new favorite WVU football podcast. It's our buddy Trey Nyer. Uh, like I said earlier in the show in our first segment, if you've been rocking and rolling with us throughout the, uh, what, year and a half, two-year history of this podcast, you'll remember Trey. He joined us around this same time last year. He's the director of recruiting for WVU football and uh, once again is, is going to sit down with us here for a little bit and discuss this class for the Mountaineers. Trey, I know that you're kind of, I mean, listen, year-round is busy for you guys, but this is maybe the time that you start to be able to breathe a, a little bit. But I appreciate you uh, taking some time for us here and, and joining us once again this year. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be on, guys. Uh, really appreciated it last year. It was, uh, it was fun. I'm looking forward to it. From a timing standpoint, we just thought it made more sense this year. We had a bowl game. It was just so much going on for you and everything else, and you and I talked about it, and we were in no mad rush leading up to the bowl game. Right after we put the recruiting show to bed, after NSD, we're like, hey, let's take a deep breath. We'll revisit this in January when nobody else is talking about it and kind of get a fresh jump on it. But let's start with this uh, big picture. Uh, college football's obviously always been a personnel-driven game. I mean, it's it's always been in large measure about the Jimmys and the Joes. But what it hasn't been has been about, to the extent that it is now, roster management at large. I mean, this big piece that so much has to be done every day of the calendar year, the coordination between you and Drew Fabianich, our GM. You know, Drew has, Drew has discussed that when you're putting together a roster, here's where it's similar to the NFL. In the NFL, you're looking for free agents and you're looking for rookie draftees, okay? Uh, in college, you're looking for portal kids and you're looking for high school signees. So let's start, again, from a big picture standpoint between you and Drew, the coordination that it takes to satisfy all the roster needs that we're going to have, which is dynamic and ever-changing, and how do you guys handle that, the conversation that you might have, the meetings that you might have, comparing notes? Yeah, yeah, it's – um man well over the last year it's probably become you know the the roster management piece has become the the biggest the biggest thing that we do right outside of of recruiting and evaluating and making sure that we're we're on the right guys and and 
it, it's it used to be right like you get your class counter at the beginning of a recruiting cycle and it was all right you got 22 high school spots to go fill okay so you put your head down you get to work all right we need a quarterback we need two running backs you know whatever it is and now it's that 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 number is always changing right and you try to to do a, a good job going through and 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 saying all right who who do we think is going to leave who's a uh you know flight risk you know different things like that try to stay ahead of it right and, and try to predict for the most part but um there's always surprises there's always people that stay that that you don't think will there's always people that leave that so you know we between myself and drew right so drew handles the college side i handle the high school side um you know our offices are right next to each other and there's multiple times throughout the day where you know, we're hopping up, running over. Hey, what do you think here? What do you think there? You know, is this, uh, you know, should, for this receiver spot, right? Do we need a, a young guy? Do we need a, a transfer guy? You know, and then obviously Coach Brown has a big piece in that. And, you know, for the most part, is telling us which way he he kind of sees it going. But, um, you know, and it can get to the point, right, where the, the, the portal market isn't as good. Hey, do you guys have a high school that you think can fill this? Do you have a junior college guy you think can fill this? So it, it really doesn't stop. Right. And it, it used to be a real clean sheet, your, your scholarship deal. Right. Um, you had 85 scholarships and and you kind of knew, all right, these guys are going to graduate. So we're going to have about, you know, 15 spots open up and then you, you fill those. So um, a little bit different now. And it, it really doesn't stop up until the season begins. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's 24, 7, 365 at this point, the roster management piece. A couple of weeks ago, the paradigm shifted again. We, we were starting to think as coaching staff started to pivot towards all right, if you're going to say a kid has a one-time free pass as an undergrad and then another free pass, but he has to graduate and be a grad transfer to get that, then it would make great sense to get a kid who after his freshman year who's, you know, discontent somewhere else, get him to transfer in, and now he's locked into you at least until he graduates. That that yeah. seemed to drive the value of the portal kid up some. Well, now that's been equalized yet again because it's not a one-time free pass. It very much appears as a steering to, to officially become a two-time free pass and a grad transfer. So that might even shift things with a greater premium back on the high school kid. But let, let before the conversation goes any further, and I want Owen to jump in, Drew, give us the number. This is what I always like to talk to you about to Trey. give people some perspective that this massive <laughs> number, as you're starting to put the pyramid together, what number do you start with that you're looking at to evaluate before you trim it down to maybe a couple dozen kids that are part of the class? Yep. I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. So I went and pulled all of our junior evals or our, our 2024 evals, right? So we did just over 2,700 evaluations in the 24 class. All right. So you take that that massive number. And obviously there are a lot of people that 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 go into those evaluations. We've got uh, 10 recruiting interns, right? Each one of them is assigned to a position coach, okay? So they're really the the, the gatekeeper, right? Um, they, they say yes or no, okay? So they take a, a, a bigger number than, than the 2,700 that, that end up on, on our yes list, right? And then, um, you know, there's parameters. There's different things they have to follow, right? Guys don't slip through the cracks. But essentially, you know, if, say, a an intern, right, he works for, for Coach Coons, all right? So he goes through and he look, watches all the guys in Coach Coons's area. Okay, that's his responsibility is to make sure he knows everybody in that coach's area, and he's got to go through and watch. Right, so he starts with the sophomore tape. We don't ever watch freshman tape. Freshman tape is, uh, you know, it's it's not a good picture of what the, the kid will be. Right, sophomore tape is where the real projection comes in. Um, so those guys are are trained up well, and they go through, say yes or no. They watch a ton of, of film. They cut up a ton of film. Um, you know, those guys, we couldn't do it without them. So essentially they say yes. Right. And then, you know, we've recently added three recruiting assistants and they've kind of filtered down the process a little bit more. Right. So they go through and watch all the yeses. Okay. From there, they'll assign the first grade on them. We've got an eight point grading scale, 1.0 to 5.0, um, that, that, that they start to bucket them. Right. So we're going to bucket those guys and kind of get them in a good spot. So when myself and, and Ken Signoretti, who, um, is, is the, is my number two, and he does a phenomenal job, former intern of mine. Um, we go through, and then we start to stack the board, right? So we'll put our grade on it, stack the board from there. About anywhere, depending on the class, right, and how good it is, and, and the guys within our six-hour radius, we'll have about 700 to 750 guys on the initial board, right? And that'll eventually get trimmed down. Um, but so basically, you take about 3,000 evals, 
trim it down to about 700 guys that make the board. Um, and then from there you go and you start getting guys on visits, right? Like who are the guys that we're going to go after? Um, we had about 400 guys in the 24 class on visits. Okay. That number gets filtered down to about 45 that we brought on an official visit to ultimately sign 22. Right. So you take a, a big number, uh, 3000 or so, and you get it down to 22. It's really hard. Um, and it takes a lot of time. It's a three year process. Um, which, you know, is, is the, the fun and unique thing about high school recruiting, right? It lasts so long. You, you, you put all this information in your head and you sign 22 guys, right? And you hope that, that you're making the right decision. Um, now, I think with the portal, though, you usually get a chance to revisit those guys, right? So that's why you have to do a really good job in that, that three to four year window of capturing all the information and data points you can on guys, because you're probably eventually going to recruit them again, right? So, um, and that's just kind of how it goes. It's, uh, it's interesting, but that's, that's kind of the, uh, the numbers game there, Judd. Trey, I wanted, I wanted to ask you, you know, you mentioned some of those conversations that you guys go into each other's office, bouncing ideas off of each other. How do you balance? And I'm sure it's obviously on a case by case basis, but say there's a guy in the portal wide receiver, who's got one year of eligibility left and there's a wide receiver coming out of high school. Right. And you think, yeah. okay, this guy who's coming out of high school feels like he could be a program guy. He could be here for three to five years, really grow, really have a long-term impact. But this transfer guy who we can have for one year would help us more right now. How do you guys kind of in this new age, right? I'm sure that's more difficult than ever balancing the immediate versus the, the long-term future. Yeah, uh, I think it's tough. I think if you ask myself or Drew, we would probably always say, hey, let's take both of them and figure it out, right? But that's not uh, <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, so I, I think you have to be just, you know, honest with yourself or honest with, you know, kind of where the, the, that room is, right? You, so you mentioned receiver, okay. Um, do we feel like we have enough guys with, with game experience, right? Like real snaps, live bullets um, that, that – you know, maybe we can bring another high schooler in and let him kind of develop for a year. But um, it, it, I think you have to have a really good feel for your roster, your room, and, and kind of what you need, right? So um, it, it, there's probably not a, a great way to, to, you know, go about answering that. But at the end of the day, um, you have to have a really good feel for your roster and, and, and where you're going into the next season. So, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, – I always push for the high schooler. Drew always pushes for the transfer. And we, 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 and, 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 uh, Coach Brown usually kind of makes the final decision. I love it. I love it. Big O, you got anything for Trey before we kind of get into some specifics? Man, how do you, uh, when, when you do have these recruits flowing through and 400 obviously, uh, is quite a hefty, uh, load there, like of, talent so do you meet personally as well with these kids and or is it more uh, like what kind of is that visit for them kids when they do when you do kind of snag them up yeah yeah no doubt so um i think that the the way that we go about visits right there's there's a few different ways and there's a natural progression that we kind of want to go about it right so the biggest thing for us when we first make contact with guys we're trying to get them now now listen if there's a guy within our six hour radius and and really between ohio west virginia and pa we'll probably have them on campus before before they camp but essentially before a kid um will go into his junior year right so at the completion of his sophomore year we're sending out camp invites like crazy because we want to get them here we want to see them live okay the the camp piece is a, a very important piece of the whole whole deal for us right we want we want our coaches to be able to work hands-on with with the guys that we're recruiting so if we can get them after their sophomore year on campus for a camp right early ID them see them live see them move around like that's a massive piece for us but then you know we'll essentially go through and okay, who are the guys we had at camp that we really liked as young guys? Okay. And then who are the guys that didn't make it to camp, but we think they're really good. We try to get them on game day visits. And that's really one of the first visits that a, that a, a prospect will do for us. Okay. So on those visits, all right, it's play your game on Friday night, get up early, drive to Morgantown, come for a game. Um, you know, and, and it's a, a really good deal. Our on-campus staff uh, headed by Taylor West, she does a phenomenal job when we get people on campus. She you know, extremely detail oriented, works her, works her butt off for us. Like she does a phenomenal job. Um, and really the on-campus piece couldn't, couldn't go without her, but 
you know, on those game day visits, the coaches are getting ready to coach. So a lot of the initial contact is by myself and, and the rest of our staff. Um, so, so we'll kind of do that initial deal and, and coach Brown's um, you know, he frees up some time. So we're running meetings back and forth. Right. So the biggest thing is they get here, they check in, we height and weight them every time a kid comes to campus. Right. So we'll either give them a photo shoot and they're the way they pay us back is, is height, weight, arm, wing, hand. Right. So that's our payment, <laughs> their payment. They get some pictures. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll get them a meal. Um, and, and the game day visits are awesome. Cause, cause obviously everybody on this call knows, um, you know, like, uh, game Morgantown on game days, it's, it's something special and there's not a lot of places like it. We always want people to go to pit and watch one of their games before they come to ours. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, just to compare, right. Just to compare. Um, but at, <laughs> I love, uh, it. love it, but, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of like the first deal that we do is, is try to get them here for a game day, let them see the environment, the atmosphere in Morgantown. Then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll go, they'll, they'll finish out their high school season. Then we'll start junior days, right? We've already had two junior days um, this month. We've had ooh, about 80 guys on campus already. Um, a bunch of really, really talented players. And those junior days, like we're trying to get them every piece of information we can get them try to fit in about six hours, right? We'll take them to a basketball game. And that helps for the guys that weren't able to come here for uh, game day visits in the fall because our, our basketball atmosphere is, is just as good as the football. Um, academic, strength and conditioning. Let them talk to Coach Joseph. Uh, let them talk to Zach and his academic crew, uh, Haley Bishop and, and nutrition. Like try to give them a full picture, right? They'll do a detailed position meeting, um, campus tour. So basically we want guys to leave junior days with, with, with close to no questions, right? We, we don't want them to leave campus with that. And then the biggest thing Coach Brown talks about all the time, all right, when you when you drive home, when you're leaving, like, you know, really think about it. Is this a place that I want to come back, right? Because we want the guys that want us, um, and 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 that's the biggest piece for us, right? If, if Morgantown's not for you, that's fine. It's not for everybody. But we want the people that want us, that feel good about us, that, you know, th this is the, the place for them. So then we try to get them back for a spring, spring visit, right? And – the, the, the way that we do spring visits, you know, we, we try to time it up with a spring practice and, um, you know, that's a really beneficial day because that's, we start to get that list real small and these are the guys that we're going to potentially have on an official visit. So basically they show up as if they're about to go through a spring practice, right? So you show up, you with, with the guys in the position room, you go through a position meeting. We want you to be as hands-on with the players and coaches, almost like you're shadowing for the day. Right. Um, and, and, really see how, how coach Marshall, how he coaches, how coach Jackson coaches, see how coach Leslie goes through a unit meeting. Um, and then really, you know, watch practice, right. Because coach Brown always says like, you know, recruiting is recruiting, but at the end of the day, you know, when, when those coaches are out on the grass, you know, they're going to forget the, the, the guys there because they're trying to get their guys better. Right. So that'll give the parents and the recruit a really, a really good idea of, all right, you know, how does uh, Coach Marshall coach, right? Like, is this a guy that I can see myself playing for? So we want guys to get on campus as many times. And then after that, right, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule official visits. And, and usually we try to keep that number really small. Those are the guys that we think, all right, if we get them on campus, they're probably going to say yes, right? Um, so we try to come out of June with most of our class committed. And then we'll finish up the rest with senior evals. But that, that's kind of how it, how it goes. But we want to get guys on campus as many times as possible, right? Um, try to figure out who they are, what makes them tick, who, who's, who's, you know, in their circle. Um, but the only way you can figure that out is by going to the school and getting them on campus so that we place a, a, a premium on getting guys here. Love it, man. Two quick numbers. And I have a disconnected question, but I'm curious about two numbers. And you talked about junior day. What percent, first of all, batting average, when you get a kid on campus, how often do you get that kid back a second time when you want him back? That's my first question. And then the second question, on average, if you had to guess, out of the 20-plus kids we signed in this class, on average, now there's going to be some outliers. Kyle Altooner, for instance, was on campus, what, eight-plus times? Yep. On average, how many times were each of those kids on campus? So question one, what's your batting average in getting a kid to come back the second time when you want him to, when you're that interested? Yep. And on average, how many times are they on campus, these kids that signed? Yeah, I would say our batting average is pretty high. I think, you know, this place does a really good job selling itself, right? I think that, you know, we've got phenomenal facilities. 
um, Morgantown. I think the amount of times I hear somebody from, you know, either outside of our six hour radius or somebody who's never been to Morgantown when they come here, um, you know, you take a kid from Maryland and he drives up through the mountains and, and they see that, you know, I think it's kind of an eye opening experience, right? You know, wow, Morgantown wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And that's why we have to get guys here, right? Because there is this idea of what, you know, when people say West Virginia, what they think that means, and they get here and they realize in all actuality, that is that's nowhere close to it, right? It's a it's a beautiful state. And when you get on campus, like we've got state-of-the-art facilities, we've got really everything you need in a college, you know, town, in a college, you know, this is this is where this is like when you think of college, you think of places like Morgantown, right? Like a, a college atmosphere where there's, you know, there's the town, but then there's the students and that's, that's pretty much it. Right. And I think that that I've never worked at a place that's any different than that. I, I couldn't imagine being in like a big city and all that. So I think this is the, you know, so at the end of the day, when we get kids here and we invite them back for a spring ball, like, yeah, our, our, our hit rate's pretty good because on top of that, we've got really good people in the building too. Um, we're genuine you know, we're not like used carsmen when we're used car salesmen when it comes to recruiting. We just, we don't, that's not what we believe in, right? We're extremely transparent. It's not for everybody, but at the end of the day, we want the right guys. And, and that's kind of the only way to do it. So, you know, we, we do a really good job of the guys we, we, we want to get back here. We, we get them back here. And, and at the end of the day, like, you know, it's going to be a really hard sell to get in a kid on an official visit that we don't have here multiple times, right? Because those official visits, we, we get 70 of them a year. And if we don't hit, then we're not filling our 85, right? And that has to be split between high schoolers and transfers. So we have to do a really good job of knowing who, we, who we're who we bringing on campus for those official visits. Because if we miss on that, it, we, could, we could screw it up pretty bad. So um, I would say, uh, Jed, I would say on, uh, in terms of how many times do we get guys on, like, I would say about three, three to four, right? That That's a comfortable number. And we hope one of those is a live eval, right? The camp, and then they'll probably come to one to two games, um, you know, as a one is a junior, one is a senior. Some guys, obviously more. Kyle Altooner is a, a great example of a guy who, you know, we knew everything about him. By the time, you know, his senior year rolled around, his parents could give the tour, they could do my job. Um, so that's ideal, right? Because we'll, that's that 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 eliminates risk. Knowing somebody like that, you know, that eliminates risk. You know what makes them tick. You know who their who their family is. That, and it also gives our coaches the power to coach those guys. You know the way that that they need to be coached because the the family believes in them. They believe in us. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's extremely important. But I would say about three to four times, Jed. Sticking with Man. Kyle Altooner. It takes a very special, unique, and different kid to step on campus as a true freshman and do what Zach Frazier was able to do in 2020, truly compete and vie for time to crack a lineup at a Power 5 school. Yeah. You think Kyle Altooner has a shot? I mean, there's a lot of indications when you evaluate the kid. Yep. I, I see more reasons to think he might than reasons to think he won't. But yeah. as somebody who's on the inner circle, he's going to be a player at some point. There's no, no refuting that. The yeah. question is, what kind of timeline might we be looking at? That's that's a big ask. Yeah, but, and 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 I think that you know, whenever you talk about, and I think if you ask probably any offensive line coach or anybody who's been around football, you never want a, a true freshman to play on the offensive line, right? It, it moves a lot quicker than what what you think, and. Um, you know, those guys are doing a lot more than what it looks like on TV. You know, it, it's, uh, it's a tough ask, especially, uh, you know, we think Kyle's going to be a center. We think he is going to be the replacement for Frazier, right? Um, but, you know, to sit here and say that a, a freshman, a true freshman could come in and, and play center, and it's a tough spot to play um, as a freshman. So I don't think it's fair to sit here and say, like, hey, you know what, do I think that he's he's capable? Yeah, I do. But here's the thing: he he's not an early enrollee, right? So that's yeah. that 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 not going through spring, missing. So, you know, and he's going to take care of everything he needs to, right? Like he's going to train his ass off when he's when he's away from us. But when he gets here in, in June or in uh, at the end of May, I think like yeah, he'll be fine physically. Now there's obviously going to be a curve, like there's going to be a learning curve there, but. Um, to say he can do it, man, it would be awesome to see. And I wouldn't put it past him. He's a smart kid. He's from an awesome program and good counsel. Um, great work ethic, smart. Um, he, he's, he's the right type of guy. Um, if anybody could do it, he can. Um, to say he can, I'm not going to sit here and say that, Jed. I'm not. 
Um, but I, I wouldn't put it past him. It is. It's hard, especially center. You know, even when you talk to hard. Andy Stefanelli's his head coach, they, as you touched on, great program at Good Counsel. I mean, they've coached kids like Sam Mustafer plays for the Ravens. He talks about the leadership skills that Kyle has. It, it's just it, it makes it even more difficult. Obviously, you just hit on a key. He's not an early enrollee. So yep. to ask him to show up in the summer and take those types of leaps, hit on the from. Let, let's talk big picture early enrollees. Uh, any of them, they haven't even really been with Coach Mike Joseph yet. So it's difficult to to see what you're dealing with just because they're up close and personal. Other than the fact that, how do they look getting off the bus? I mean, do we have long arms, high bus, just like we thought coming. I mean, yeah. they, they've even put on some size. Some of these kids since we signed, since since their senior year in high school, two three yeah. months ago, they've even grown some since then. So how are some of these on campus kids looking? And I know that. We, we, we're always going to put a premium on edge rushing talent. And there's a couple of those kids out of the three edge rushers that are already on campus. Yep. How are some of these kids looking physically up close and personal? Uh, honestly, so it's funny you say that because I, I was in the training table this morning at breakfast and I ran into Zay Jennings and, and he's already put on four pounds. Um, and and he's only been here for what two weeks now. So he's already put on four pounds, you know, starting to get acclimated. So Coach jo Coach Joseph and, and, and his his staff, like they're gonna do a phenomenal job with them. And and I think it's it, it's it's cool to to see guys get excited about having to go through a, a program like that, right? But they're seeing instant gains, which is it, it's crazy to think about because you can go through your entire high school career lifting weights a certain way, right? Maybe you don't see a ton, of, but Coach Joseph in, in a short, you know, in a semester is going to be, you know, he's going to transform their bodies, which is, is cool to say. He's going to put weight on in the right places for guys that need to gain. And, um, you know, th they look they look good. Um, I think it's a it's a really good group. And I think that's the thing that, that we really focus on is bringing in the right type of guys that are going to come in here and, and work, their, work their butts off. Um, Obi, you know, he, he's obviously one of the edge rushers you're talking about. Like, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a great looking kid. And I think that a, a college weight program is going to be, you know, awesome for him. Obi is 6'4", 235, right? So, you know, he starts to add, you know, 10, 15 pounds. And, and the way that that looks, I think it's going to be pretty special. And I think he's got a bright future. But um, Big Nate, right? Like, we haven't seen him in a while. He's uh, down there in Florida. And it's kind of tough to get up here. But, um, you know, he is, he is a monster, man. I'm, I'm so excited about him. Like, he has got a chance to be a really, really, really good interior um, defense alignment. Like, oh, He's an interior D lineman, guys. Owen, you're going to. I'm telling you what, you'll fraud at the mouth over this kid. But you, you heard you heard Trey talk about Zay Jennings, though, and this will give you some sense of what we're we're pulling off here. Zay Jennings is a kid, the program that he played at in Ohio. When you talk to Chad Murphy, he runs a great program there. I mean, they have Jermaine Matthews, a defensive back at Ohio State. They have Cameron Calhoun, a defensive back at Michigan. And when you talk to Chad Murphy, he talks about defensive back Zay Jennings come to West Virginia right there with those guys. So uh, that's just it. When you look at Jason Cross, Chris Henry. I mean, I'm if I break it down by position, just looking at back end defenders. I mean, I'm so excited for so many reasons about some of these kids in this group. But we could, I'm sure Trey, you and I could, could probably both go on uh, all all the live long day about some of these kids because uh, there, there's a lot to like. So, so let me, I, I Jed, I, I know you do want to nerd out with some of these some of these guys and their high school coaches and all the stuff that you and Trey have spent months, if not years, here pouring over. I'm thinking back to though, because again, every class, right, Trey, you've got the names at the top of the list that the fan base is familiar with, and they want to look for them in the spring game if they're early enrollees. And they expect, like Rodney Gallagher is a good example, yeah. right? Everybody knew who Rodney Gallagher was last year, that we'd see him in some capacity, excited about him. I think Josiah Trotter was one of those guys too until the unfortunate injury. But when we're yeah. talking this last year in the class, you said, and, and Jed as well too, hey, there's this guy, Ben Cutter, you know, coming to us from North Carolina, who I'm, I'm just telling you, he's not, he's not one that has, you know, a ton of attention and eyeballs and the fan base gravitating towards him. But this guy's a football player. And then, you know, lo and behold, you have some injuries down in Fort Worth when you're playing TCU and all of a sudden Ben gets thrust in there and you see him have his, his growing pains, if you will, but man really starts to look the role and fit the part at the end of his freshman season. And, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, right? But again, not one of those guys that I think the fan base necessarily expected to see on the field and see having an impact right away. Do you have one of those, 
you know, this guy might not have as much buzz from a national or from a fan base perspective, but I tell you what, keep an eye on this guy because he's going to surprise some people early. Yeah, I, I would say, and, and you know, Ben was somebody that, like I said, we, we, we believed in him. And at the end of the day, there's not a lot of guys on this list, if any, that weren't really, really good high school football players. And I think we've started to put more of a premium, right? So there's a few ways you can look at high school recruiting. You can go out and try to sign a top, you know, 247 rivals, all that, right? You can you can do that. And and maybe that's the, the way that some people prefer to do it. For us, that's just not the way that we're going to do it here because, um, you know, we're going to go try to find the best 2022 20, for us and and guys that fit it. And I think Ben was one of those guys, right? Like he, he was a really, really good high school football player, extremely productive, worked hard, ran around, tackled, extremely physical. And you saw that kind of pay off year one, right? Um, I don't, I wasn't surprised that, that Ben was able to step in and fill those roles. Like it, it wasn't surprising to us at all because we knew who he was. We knew what he was about. Um, and, and it's a credit to him, right? And Coach Coons for, for getting ready to, 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 to be able to go play, right? Because uh, we we could have been in trouble, especially after that TCU game, right? Like, you know, we're talking about losing, you know, and and I hate it for Trey Lathan, right? He he's he is come on, and 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 I think he's got a really special future, and that linebacker room is is phenomenal right now. But um, in terms of guys that can that can play early, um, you know, I, I'm probably a little bit biased because I, I you know he's a Cincinnati guy, I'm a Cincinnati guy, but I, I do <laughs> think that there is something to Zay Jennings. I think that um, he's got a really high ceiling, right? You're talking about a kid is a is a is a junior was a triple option quarterback at Coleraine High School, right? He transferred to Wenton Woods for his last year, but um, you know, I just so I still get the I subscribe to the Cincinnati Enquirer, right? Because I like to go in there and look at, and I just kept seeing this kid's name pop up, right? Zay Jennings, Zay Jennings, Zay Jennings, Zay Jennings. Okay, triple option quarterback, so. I'm like, man, this kid might be able to to do something else, right? Because you know, I, I could he have been an offensive skill player, maybe. But I was like, man, he might be able to be a, a, a safety, a DB, right? And then we sent Coach Leslie out to see him, and I think Coach Brown was with him that day too. And he's doing box jumps, and he's, you know, it, Coach Brown was like, holy crap! Like he didn't think he was going to be able to get up on there, and and he did. And he transfers to Wenton Woods, and he and he plays DB, and that's his first time really playing. He played a little bit of Colerain, but there's some, some, some natural ability. Like he, he's not afraid to come downhill and, you know, he's a triple option quarterback, right? You gotta be pretty damn tough to do that. But um, you know, he, he's playing downhill. He's, he's making plays on the football um, man. I, I I'm really excited about him. I think he's about the right stuff. Um, great family. Um, but I think he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that can definitely do it. I would probably be um, wrong not to mention some of the running backs, right? after uh after Jaheim and and what sure. coach Scott's been able to do with some of those young guys um but but I, I think that obviously all those guys that early enrollees or that are early enrollees they have a great chance but Zay's one I would just keep my eye out for as long as he's able to pick it all up common link and Trey you just hit on something there you you talked about Ben Cutter Wes when you asked about asked about Ben Cutter one of the first things that Trey said was production I mean this was a kid that in high school had 500 plus tackles. Now, yeah, high crazy. school stats can be deceiving from a tackle standpoint sometimes. Sure. But anybody that watched Ben Cutter's tape, you quickly recognize those stats weren't deceiving. He was a ball hawk. And you talk about these two freshman running backs in this group: Trayvon Dunbar, Dior Hubbard. Production. Oh, and yeah. these two kids combined to run for almost 10,000 career yards. And we talk about how raw CJ was as a guy who was still even going into his second year, really trying to master the nuances of playing the running back position. Well, that's not going to be the case with these two. These two have played the running back position extensively at a very high level and have the stats and the production and the wins to prove it. Yeah. Seems like we've been uh, in the hotbed right now with uh, running backs here as of late. Uh, Coach uh, Scott and you all know a thing or two about uh running the ground game yeah yeah no doubt i think uh you know coach scott does a, a really really good job um evaluating and and probably is one of our better projectors right like some some coaches are really good at watching guys when they're younger and saying hey i think this kid's got a chance um but but what makes coach scott you know really good is his ability to go out and close on 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 playmakers right and that's what these two guys are 
Um, they have plenty of options. Um, you know, production, Jed, I think is, is something that you can look at at some positions, right? Running back would definitely be one of them because there's, you know, once the quarterback hands you the ball, you know, some offensive lines in high school are, are rough, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if you can go rush for as many yards as those two guys did in their high school careers, yeah, that's a, probably a pretty good indicator of, of ability. Um, now at some positions like receiver and different things like that, there's a lot of different, uh, um, you know, mitigating circumstances that, that can affect your stats, right? Can, can the offensive line protect and the quarterback get you the ball? Do you catch the ball? You know, so there's, there's different things at, at different positions, but production at, at linebacker and running back is, is definitely, uh, you know, you got to have it, right? That's why you have Rodney Gallagher playing quarterback in high school. It's, it's like you, you want to feed him the football so consistently and nobody else on the team could get it to him where right. you wanted him on the perimeter. So you just said, hey, get back there and take the snaps. And <laughs> let, let's talk about the receivers because there's a couple young guys in this group. Of course, one of the steals, one of the 11,000. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe, that, Jed, maybe we, maybe, we buried the, uh, maybe we buried the lead here by not, yeah. by not talking about Day-Day yet. Yeah. Hey, Day-Day, plus you got a kid out, out of a really solid program and – in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia uh, that's played some high-level football. Uh, you brought in a handful of receivers that might be able, even though it's a young mix already, uh, don't look now, but we're going to have some battle-tested sophomores kind of, you know, as the tip of the spear in that group. But uh, talk about the possibility of some of these guys and, and maybe tell the day-to-day -day story for those who aren't familiar with it, the long-standing relationship we had to, to help when that thing turned. We were there to catch it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, um, Day Day is is an extremely talented um, football player on both sides of the football. I think if you if you turn his film on, um, it, he he is a really really good football player. And I think you know, uh, Coach Shadon would probably love to get him in his room, and and but Blau's going to get him. But but I think there'd be plenty of people. Um, I know our special teams guys are excited to get their hands on him in the return game. Um, but yeah, no, with Day Day, you know, we had him. We, we recruited the we recruited him really hard. Coach Scott was one of his first offers. Um, he's in Coach Scott's area down there, and 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 he he, you know, saw him early and, and thought that he was a guy that was worthy of an offer. And it turns out that was absolutely right. Uh, we recruited him really really hard. Got him on an official visit. He decided, you know, at the end of the day, Central Florida was a better choice for him at that time. And I think you know, hats off to Bilal and 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 Chad for not giving up on it. Right, they just kept working it. You know, we had him on the phone with Coach Brown consistently throughout the season, and you kind of just got the feeling that all right, you know, th this thing might turn. Um, and we just kept, you know, hey, showing him like, hey, I think you'd be really special in this offense. And and I think you know, towards the end, you know, he had a great relationship with Bilal, Chad, Coach Brown, um, a bunch of different people in the building, and he believes in us, right? So. You know, Central Florida would have probably been an easy choice for him, but he decided that, you know, maybe it's better for him to go, um, you know, out of state and and and, and kind of test the waters. And we're, we're really happy to do because I think he's going to be a, a phenomenal player for us. Um, you know, Brandon Raymond's another uh, receiver you mentioned there. Um, you know, from uh, you said from a, a pretty solid program, I'd say that's pretty much an understatement there, Jed. I, from, I mean, uh, an absolute powerhouse. Um, we love we love guys from St. Joe's Prep. Um, they're winners. They know how to they know how to work. Um, we're excited about Brandon. I think he's got a high ceiling. Um, really likable, really likable uh, kid. Really likable family, um, and you know, a really good receiver from from a, a program where it's where it's you know, there's man and a contact period, which is what we're in right now. I mean, there's a line out the door at St. Joe's Prep trying to get in there and, and another uh, Chad Scott and Bilal Marshall job here. You know, they did a phenomenal job securing Brandon and, and we're excited about him. It, it matters to have, and, and Owen, nobody knows this better than you as a guy who coaches at an in-state school, but it, it also matters and helps uh, to harvest what you can from an in-state talent, talent standpoint to really uh, fortify things. I mean, people who understand what it's like to grow up cheering for the Mountaineers, what the program means to the state in, in, in general. And when you look at three kids in this class, we talk about production. What word better fits Dom Collins than production? You talk about Curtis Jones. I see just such incredible versatility 
uh, an incredibly productive running back. Uh, he projects to be a very productive and athletic linebacker. And then when I look at Keon Washington, that's a guy I played against this high school coach who played for Jeff Castillo when he was the D coordinator at Shepard. Craig Hunter was a great defensive back. But when I look at Keon Washington, it's excuse me, Keon Washington. I'm I'm speaking out of turn here. We have a track guy from West Virginia and in, in Keyshawn Robinson chasing some of James James Jet's school records and state records. So just unmitigated speed, but also Owen, they're in-state kids. So maybe the two of you compare notes on that. And what that means, you're a guy who fell in love with West Virginia football by playing here and decided to stay here and become one of us. And meanwhile, Trey, you're a guy who understands the value of that being part of the collective. So maybe you guys talk about that. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I, and I hope that that people, you know, really see the effort that we're making in state. Right. Um, I, I think it's a state that doesn't get covered as much in terms of, you know, the, the recruiting services and, and the different recruiting outlets. So, you know, we make it, uh, you know, it, it uh, on, on my desktop, I've got a list of in-state guys, right. That we're tracking ranking. And we're trying to know about all the guys from the 24 class down to the 27, and some of the young guys coming up, um, you know, cause we want players that, that, that know what West Virginia football is about, know, you know, what, what it means to the state. Right. And I think when you look at the guys, that we've recruited and and signed from the state, like you know, I, I hope that everybody kind of understands. You know, we are making an effort to 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 keep the guys that are good football players home. And if we don't get them as a scholarship player, we typically will get them as a walk on. And most of those guys do end up on scholarship. You know, if you look at you know our track record since we've been here. So um, Keyshawn Robinson and, and Dom Collins, those guys have speed, right? And there's numbers behind it. Uh, Keyshawn, obviously, an extremely talented 100-meter um, guy, fast, really, really fast. Um, and Dom Collins is a guy who, who came to camp and, and ran a 4-2-9-4-3, right? Did it four times. Um, and after the first time we ran it, we're like, can you do it again? And he did it again and kept getting faster. And, like, to this day, I don't know if we've had a, a guy on campus that's run a faster 40 than what Dom has. So, and then you 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 kind of – you know, he goes out there, has a really good senior year. Um, and, and you know, those are two guys really excited about. Curtis Jones, I think, is a guy that's got a ton of, ton of potential. Um, obviously, he played both ways down at Campbell Midland. Um, his dad played at Marshall. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited about him. And I think once Co Coach Coons gets his hands on him and, and, and gets to work, like, I think you got a guy who's really, really special. He's got, like, 34-and-a-half-inch arms. Um, but, yeah, the, the guys in the state are a priority. We start there and we work our way out, right? Um, so we want to get those guys here. No, it's, it's great to hear. I just, the overall conversation has been great to kind of hear about, you know, your all's formula of, of really keeping the traditions, right. Keeping those traditions to get those people. I'm sure it's tough, uh, with the families, just trying to get everyone to buy in in such a short kind of, you know, small little dates here and there. I, I know that is such a, a, a dance if you'd say, but um let's get back you just talked about kind of the walk-on program just a little bit what what are your kind of thoughts there too about how many kids you want to bring in uh are they just like the you know random people that kind of showed up like like me i was a rando i just kind of dropped my film off i was like hey so man box of vh box of vhs yeah tapes, what's baby what's up dog like 15 or 20 you know, obviously there's huddle and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> um you know i i think that we 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 try to be extremely um, you know, thorough in our, in our evaluation of the walk-on program. I wouldn't say there's a ton of, of random guys that end up uh, here. I think, you know, we try to go to the, the programs in state that have done a really good job and have produced really, really good players. Um, but also, you know, there's not a, ah, man. So let me get back to your first question. We, we get about 120 that we can put in the locker room, right? That's kind of the number 120, 110, somewhere in between there. So each year that number kind of, kind of changes and fluctuates it all depends on how many walk-ons we have leave the program decide it's not for them and then um and and Tyler Allen he, he's um really honest he's the guy who, who kind of makes the whole thing go in terms of walk-ons it's kind of his his project right so essentially what we do when we go through our evaluation process is, is we identify guys that we think will be potential walk-ons right that might mean that 
you know, maybe their height, weight, and speed aren't there, but the production is. They're, or they're just really good football players that, you know, they, they don't necessarily fit the conventional mold. They need a few more years to, to develop. And I think we've done a phenomenal job with that. Um, and, and like I said, Tyler Allen does a really good job. We try to, all the guys that, that come to our prospect camp, if we don't think they can be scholarship guys, we put them on a list. All right, this is a potential walk-on. And then we kind of target them. Like we recruit them really hard here at the end. And they've got, you know, D2 options. They've got FCS options. They've got military academies. And we try to go get those guys and, and, and keep them in state and keep them here. Um, so I, I think, you know, we make a, we make a massive effort for it. Um, we, we spent the first couple of days, we're out on the road going to see those guys because they're important, right? They're, they, they make up, especially in the transfer portal era, they make up a, you know, they're going to play, right? They're going to play on teams and, and they're going to catch touchdowns for us. So, um, we put a lot of effort into it. And I think that it's exciting to those guys because we do put so many of them on scholarship, right? Um, if you're about the right stuff and you come here and do everything we ask of you, it usually works out. So, um, it, it's a, it's a massive piece of what we do. And, and, and coach Brown is obviously, you know, the kind of the catalyst behind it. He, he talks about walk-ons all the time and how important it is for us to, to go get those guys. That's yeah. The old second chancers, man. I yeah. love it. <laughs> no doubt. No I doubt. Think about it. You, you were a story. You, you were the modern versions of Owen Schmidt, if there is such a thing, but I'm saying the story behind you walking on, you doing all the right things, you being about the right stuff. I mean, we're talking Hudson Clement. We're talking Preston Fox. And and these are, are kids who basically you just described, Trey. I, I, I think those make for incredible stories. But, yeah. but what's the next big date? We, we appreciate your time. You guys got anything further? My last question will be this. Uh, this is always incredible stuff, Trey, when you jump in here and join us and give us this level of insight. You you take our 200-level show up to the 400-level, right? <laughs> But this uh, is the all this is the all 22 view right here. Yeah, that's yeah, the all 22. What's the next big date on crazy as it might be the new calendar of a recruiting coordinator? Here we sit mid January going into the third week in January. I know you've had some junior days. What's the next critical date coming up on your crazy calendar? Well, um, right now, like I mentioned earlier, so on starting on June 12th, right, we started a contact period. OK, so. Um, in the past, we had not been able to go out and contact seniors so, or uh, juniors, right? So the NCAA started that this year where you can have contact with juniors in the school. So we're currently in that right now. That goes wow. until February 3rd. So essentially, you know, we finish up signing day. Everybody, you know, you take a deep breath. But, uh, you know, we got Coach Brown on the road in, you know, three weeks and, and he's got to go see 25, right? So he, before we hopped on tonight, him and I just got off the phone. He finished up a day in Pittsburgh. He hit seven schools up there. Um, and, and he's been on the road all week. We've been nonstop. Uh, we've got guys out all over the country right now. Coach Reagan's in Illinois. Um, man, uh, let's see, Shadon's in Maryland. I mean, we're all over the place right now. Now the, the, the weather is, is screwing us up big time. We've had a bunch of, it's been, a, I've been on the weather channel more this week watching radars 72 hour radars like I, i'm exhausted by the weather and we got one more day uh tomorrow that we're, we're trying to finish up on the road to a strong day and the weather's going to screw that up again so um I, we're trying to make it through the next two weeks make sure we go see all the 25s we need to see which you know that that's kind of gets back to it jed is is it's so important for us to have the amount of people and staff that we have right like we have to work so far ahead because by the time we finish up the 24 class, which is, you know, this is where I'm extremely thankful to have a staff of, of um, guys here in the recruiting department that, that work their, work their absolute ass off to, to, to make this all possible. And they don't get a ton of credit, but you know, they're working ahead. So that way I can finish out the 24 class, get all the paperwork, get all that stuff going. Right. And then we're straight on to 25 and, and, and we're in a good spot and we can go plan a contact period, which is essentially we're out five days, five days out of the week for about four weeks or so, right? It's roughly about 39 days. Um, and Coach Brown's in a private airplane. He's flying all around, right? Seeing, you know, he's in multiple states throughout the day. So, uh, Jed, I can't really see past these next two weeks. I just, you know, kind of pray everything works out. And, and um, it, it's, a, it's a massive puzzle. Um, so, and then obviously we've got the second signing period. I don't think that we're going we're gonna to sign any high schoolers unless we go find somebody on the road here in the next couple of days. But I think we're pretty much done with high school. So it used to be you look forward to that February. I don't even know the date this year. I think it's the 7th, right? It doesn't really matter to us. Um, we, we try to, to wrap up. Yeah. 
Yeah, we try to wrap up all our high schoolers in December. Um, so uh, after that, then we'll start rolling on spring visits. It, it, it doesn't end. Um, but, you know, when we're out on the road, though, that's, those are extremely important times, right? We, we have to be really, really smart about how we use our time out on the road, who we're seeing, getting information, right? Because those are the guys that we're going to be signing next year. So, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll see. I guarantee you in the last, you know, in the last week and then the next three weeks, we probably saw the majority of the guys that will end up signing, right? So, but it's it's being smart, getting, you know, talking to counselors, talking to principals, doing all that stuff. Um, so that this is a massive, uh, anytime coaches are out on the road, it's usually uh, not a lot of sleep. My wife doesn't see me very much. Um, <laughs> and it is a stressful time. So that's, that's what we're doing right now. Well, Trey, we love it, man. Big O, I don't know if you had anything there that you wanted to, wanted to jump in on, but road warriors yeah i mean you you guys get it done man it's it's such an incredible behind the football behind it all now with this new style of uh just nil and uh and uh and recruiting great it is you know like i trey i think i probably shared this with you last year when you were on but i i work for the steelers and like so many just fans right like they look at wvu and their love of wvu football as it's a 12 game season over three or four months right the football you know 17 games in the nfl and okay you got the draft and whatever but i i really don't think the average person realizes how much goes on behind the scenes how football never sleeps for being the sport that has the shortest regular season you know compared to basketball and and baseball and hockey and all those things uh the, the grind is is just unbelievable that you, uh, all your coworkers, all your team go through. So uh, thank you so much for this. It, it's the off season for us, right, from a fan <laughs> perspective. But I know for you guys, yeah. it's it's just turn the page. It's a new chapter. Here we go, onward and upward. So thank you so much again for for an hour or so here of of your very valuable time this time of year and always. And uh, go knock them dead, and and we'll talk to you a year from now. Yeah, absolutely. Looking looking forward to it. I was afraid that uh. You know, Jed asked me, he's like, hey, you want to come on? And then I never heard from him. So I just assumed he was being nice. And maybe I, I tanked the ratings last time or something. Oh, and, and, Trey, I think, um, you the, I think you were the first guest we ever had here on the podcast, if I'm remembering correctly. So we always got time for our day one. Yeah, well, no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Wes, uh, Owen, Jed. I, I appreciate you guys. And um, anytime you need me, I'm here. Let's go, appreciate baby. It. Appreciate it. OG, friend of the, the podcast. Back. That's right. Our day, our day one. Trey Nyer, director of recruiting for WVU football. Trey, thanks so much, and it, it, go, go, spend some time with your wife. Right? We don't yeah. want you getting in trouble. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. See you, Thank bro. you, Trey. There appreciate he is once thanks, again, man. the director, thanks, the director of recruiting for WVU football, Trey Nyer. Oh, you gotta love it. A final thank you to our friends at Johnson Equipment. Uh, Make sure you're checking out their new location on Route 33 right outside of Weston. That'll do it for this edition of ITG. Like we teased earlier, though, we got some, uh, I mean, we got some really exciting guests here. Trey's our leadoff hitter, right? And he's he's the best one in the business. We got got some other people coming down the lineup here. Uh, So make sure you're not going anywhere. We'll be rocking and rolling with you the entire uh, offseason here every single week. And the one thing we ask of you, as always, before we go, is to be an ear and tell an ear. That's your favorite WVU football podcast for Trey and the best teammates in the business. This is the signal caller Jed Drenning and the runaway beer truck going Schmidt. Thank you to our producer, Skylar Callahan, as well. I'm Wesley Euler. Take care, everybody. You've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.